This is Radio Taiwan International. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Coming up ahead this hour, it's Jukebox Republic. But we start off, as always, with a brand new edition of Here in Taiwan. Hi there, and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're joining us via our Facebook live stream, today is Friday, December 18th. Otherwise, it's now already Monday, December 21st. We're almost at the end of the year. Oh my goodness. Uh, I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today is Shirley Lin. Hi there. In just a moment, we'll be telling you about a farmer who's leading a revival in the mushroom growing industry. Then, temples in Taiwan let the faithful buy these special lights in their name that's thought to bring them good luck for a whole year. We'll be telling you about why one man's been shelling out for the most expensive lights available for five years in a row. Plus, a dark sky initiative in Nanto County that's once again revealing the wonders of the nighttime sky. All that coming up next. Please stick around. I did not know that the mushroom industry was in need of revival or turning a turnaround. I thought uh, Taiwan's mushroom growing farmers were all doing very well, but apparently there's a bit of a need for a turnaround. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, there used to be a big market for mushrooms, and especially in this uh, township in Zhanghua County. Mm-hmm. Uh, exact name is Zhu Tang. And um, um, anyway, so what happened was that uh, farmer Li Meiling, Li Meiling, Looks like she might be in her 70s, I would think. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture. Oh, maybe I can show it. See her. It's a nice She's black and white right photo. In front oh, of yeah. her. She does look like maybe a senior. Citizen. Yeah, yeah. She, she. It, it looks like those mushrooms are huge. Maybe I think the these are the these are the kind that well <laughs> anyway they are bigger though mm-hmm. I mean now that she's you know kind of used modern technology and that stuff um, um, okay so what happened was that she decided to uh, use modern technology rather modern facility on top of her traditional mushroom farming method i don't know what the difference is is there <laughs> okay, a such so, thing i mean i yeah. know that like what has she got like ai running the place or something well she got maybe control? some kind of computer system because she's got environmental management system it's like a computer control yeah, for the temperature and, watering them and that sort of right, thing. right and she installed air conditioning like they didn't use air conditioning before well i feel like so, taiwan has the sort of wet clammy sort of climate that's always humid Which that's perfect for growing mushrooms for mu- yeah, so, mushrooms yeah i'm not sure you really need much encouragement but i guess if it helps Right. Well, you know what? Let me give you some history. Now, the township actually used to be Taiwan's number one in producing mushrooms. Okay. What a title. That was like 20 (laughs) years ago. When it fell behind other regions, they were using more improved techniques. So, you know, they didn't catch on. So I guess the air conditioning and computer systems make a difference. Yeah, make a difference. Well, actually, I'll let you know. Because Farmer Lee also used other stuff, you know. And and, um, so the thing is that the township just steadily declined until... You know, everybody was calling it a cheap source of agriculture being produced in that town. So, like, as, they like used, as a bad thing, like you know, like, like it was already like low their quality. quality oh, yeah, that's it's kind probably of cheap. not you know not that great. Not affordable, I mean, cheap, but cheap as in yeah, poor quality. Okay, because in 1980s they used to have like 400 mushroom farms in that town alone, but 20 years later, most of them have closed. Most mm. of them have closed, and and so. Um, 
So basically, uh, let me see here now. So Lee, actually, she's been working on this for the last 13 years mm. and trying to kind of renovate her, her old warehouse. And uh, like I said, installing air conditioning and also environmental management system, which is some kind of, you know, computer system, I would say. And she's now able to grow much larger Mm, hmm. rich, you know, nice, yummy does, mushrooms. Does the article say what others. kind of mushroom that is? I'm curious. It, she doesn't they say. They look enormous. She just says, yeah, they, they, they do. And I think... They don't look like porcini or portobello or oh, anything like that. These are the kind that I love. You know, I you like mushrooms? I'm, they're okay. Oh, you're okay. I'm, I'm neutral about mushrooms. I like mushrooms, but I only like certain mushrooms. I'm very picky. And this kind looks like it's my favorite. Okay. <laughs> so, and I like to eat these raw, by the way. Can you do that? Yeah, that well, recommended? I mean... <laughs> I know. In the States, I would eat them raw all the time. You feel safe, right? But in Taiwan, I don't think they recommend it, but I can't help I it. I don't know. I can't help it. I, mean, I just make sure that I've washed really nicely, you know, clean, thoroughly, okay. or whatever. Anyway, so, but um, yeah. Um, so then she was growing bigger ones, right? And then she was getting orders from larger markets and wholesalers, okay? And today she sells 400 kilograms of mushrooms per day. Per day, four hundred yeah. kilograms of that's mushrooms a lot. per day. I can't imagine that because many you know mushrooms. these mushrooms are very light, right? I mean, four hundred kilograms—that's a lot, right? Oh, that's true. They are light, right? Aren't they? They're very light. Hmm. Yeah, so much more than any other Taiwanese producers. Wow! Now she's the winner. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, like island wide and country wide. Anyway, she's saying that the land in um, Zhu Tang Township is really great for growing mushrooms. It's like boggy. Like what's great for mushrooms? Yeah, it, of- she didn't really say. But then the wet condition in the winter is ideal for. Growing mushroom which is right I'm, it's common you know it's commonly known right I'm, I'm pretty sure if we left the windows open in here we'd have <laughs> mushrooms eventually yeah especially when we've been raining for like a whole yeah. month this past you know i mean i mean non-stop we're good with growing um, mold is there any use for that well i wonder penicillin? I, mean, I don't know how, you know i love mushrooms but i don't really know how it grows i mean i know that i did a new story about how you know um they're using um, um what is it now um these uh, pulp from sugarcane stalks. Oh, I right? saw that story that you did. Um, yeah. So they Maybe used to use I need sawdust. to introduce that to her too. Then she would grow even better ones. Maybe she's <laughs> part of the, peop- the team that developed it. I don't know. It doesn't say though, because ideally it was Taiwan Sugar Company, a state run okay. sugar company. Well, it doesn't say who that, they partnered um, with. They had to have actual yeah, farmers involved. Right, right. That's Russian true. Farmers. That's true. So anyway, um, so, so then she uh, saw success in her technique. She humbly shared this technique with all the other f- mushroom farmers in the town. So today, Only the, town, are, though, the rest of them can whatever figure it out themselves. Yeah. So now <laughs> there are a hundred thriving mushroom farms in the town alone. I just didn't know we ate they that revived. many mushrooms. They revived. So like when I think mushrooms in Taiwanese cuisine, usually the only place I see them is in hot pots. Yeah, and it's a different kind of mushroom, which is not really my. They favorite. have a variety of mushrooms in hot Lots. Taiwanese hot yeah. pot. That's the only but not Taiwanese. Pochino. They don't use that. That's in the hot only pot. Taiwanese dish I can think of that uses mushrooms, really. Yeah, so there's tons. But anyway, so, um, but she was saying that there are some limitations. The technology has its limitations because whenever there's a northeast monsoon, it can destroy the crop. And that's a lot of the time. I know. And they blow through pretty regularly. Yeah, and also there's limits to production quality here. See? So, which might call for a change to the fermentation process. They have. Well, I didn't fermentation. know that mushrooms can use fermentation, but um, yeah, I just like eating it. I don't even know how to figure out how they come about. But anyway, so now the newer techniques require only 21 days for fermentation, whereas traditional way takes 
like a month, 30 days. Yeah. I'm still puzzled by that term. I know. Because that sounds like you're doing it wrong if it's fermenting. Because like, there's not water, ferment. there's like, you know, precipitation okay. used in, I don't know. And then adding that some growers have actually experimented with separating fermentation beds. Okay. okay. Or using amino acids in the water. Hey, see, water is used. So such techniques can actually f- speed up fermentation by another week. So, so which pumping lessens, out mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. So then that lessens the chance of crop being damaged from disease or insects or, you know, unexpected like storms and do, things like that. insects eat mushrooms? I don't know. Mm. All these questions now. I know, really, right? I don't really, now that I, I've just never really spent that much thought on mushrooms. Yeah, before, before I know. just now. Right. So. so modern environmental control systems are more environmentally friendly than oil heaters that were traditionally used by farms. Oh, that's not good. Those probably stink a lot and they probably pollute the air. Yeah, and they might cause fire. I don't know. Oh, that's true. That's right? true. That's true. They probably involve open flames. Right. Now, even though this system is more environmentally friendly, but they do consume a lot of power. So what does she do? Solar she, panels? Yeah, she installed solar panels. So her farm also recycles the water produced from uh, by the air-conditioned units. You know how air-conditioned is? It drips sometimes, water. yeah. Well, yeah. Bad, ones that are not in good repair, I guess. I know, I know. Wow, this is amazing coming from oh. this 70-year-old woman, you know? And um, she's humbly sharing sharing this and, and now officially put Zhu Tang on the mushroom map. Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> it was there and then it fell off a bit. She's, she's, she's placed it back in the number one yeah. spot. So that's a this pretty good great. story. Yeah. <laughs> she was very excited about the <laughs> mushrooms. I'm excited because I love mushrooms. <laughs> So if you are a believer in Taiwan's uh, folk religion, it is customary before the Lunar New Year to go, or up in the run-up, I guess, to the Lunar New Year, to go to your local temple of your choice. And what they do is they have, well, I think they were originally like little candles, but these days they're like night lights, tiny little bulbs. They arrange them on yeah. a, along a panel in the walls or the around rolls. or around the columns in, yeah. and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it it's kind of looks nice it's like a wall of night lights and each one has a little like Light. niche where you can they, I guess they what write the person's name who's donated or bought purchased it they only let rent them out for a year so you have to go back the following year and get it again the idea is that these lights will bring you Good, good luck. luck and blessings for the year. And uh, yeah, people, some people take it pretty seriously. Oh, this yeah. guy takes it really seriously, though. I didn't know that these lights came in like different classes. Like there was the coach and then the first class. <laughs> I uh, thought it was all like the same. I didn't realize there were some that were more expensive than others. Well, let me tell you, because um, I'm a learning. Good spot? <laughs> yeah, I'm learning this myself, too. Now, the cheapest one, I don't want to say that, but it's the, the, the less expensive one is the least expensive one is 600 NT, which is 21 US dollars. Why is it and less expensive? Is in a, like a place where you can't see it very easily? <laughs> no. It's just that uh, there are the lights for maybe longevity, um, for good grades in school. Oh, wow. This for... is a specialized temple because usually they're just like all around blessings. They don't oh, really... Yeah. Okay. And this is a, a small... It looks like a small temple. I'm not sure if you can really see from this picture here, but uh, it's, a, it's a small temple in... Wait, what, what was that again now? Uh, in Zhanghua. Okay. Or going Zanghua, back to Zhanghua. Okay. Yeah, we're back in Zhanghua. Yeah. So and 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 so um, so uh, it's a it's a small temple. And um, what I'm seeing is that they don't have the pillars like the big temples that we have in Taipei. Right, they but wrap around. All, yeah, and, and and I think the one in the smack middle, I'm not quite sure, the smack middle, that brightest one, I think that's the most expensive one. How do they, anyway, they I'll have get different brightnesses? I've never seen, this is a very, I think this it temple does. is a very entrepreneurial temple because most of them are just kind of flat fee. Oh. You get it, your name, and then the next year, 
you know, you each do, temple to its own. I, I guess, guess so. they just, you know. I've seen one temple that has so many of them yeah. that, if, that they have a computerized system where <laughs> you, you can would. enter the name that you registered with. Because otherwise, how are you going to find and your online? And it blinks. Right? Just oh. the one, your one you're blinks. Right, you're right. So that, you can, that. so that people can find where theirs is. Because sometimes temples have entire walls covered in row after row of these lights. Yeah, really yeah, Really tiny, that's true. teeny lights. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so then the next one up is um, 3,600. Oh, by the way, um, the other, the 600 NT, the 21 US dollar one also includes includes marriage like you know trying to find your other partner okay yeah and then and then and then the next one up is 128 US dollars and that's for like peace in the home in your family so that kind of thing you get married and then oh it doesn't turn out very well so you got to move up the tier <laughs> right <laughs> please let us have peace at home <laughs> okay the next one up is 313 US dollars that's 8800 NT see the eight number is prosperity oh, yeah. it's okay. an auspicious okay. number and that's I think for this temple has a very interesting scheme. I've never heard of anywhere else that does this. I know, and this one is for wealth. I think for wealth. Presumably, okay. if you can afford that, you're already kind of wealthy. Yeah, and actually, this is like the most popular one. Everybody wants that. I mean, Taiwanese people—they're into wealth, prosperity, and business. Marriage, and not so much. <laughs> that's Happy how, family. That's my feel. Yeah, you that's know, my feeling. Whatever. But. Yeah, that's really my feeling here. And um, now, then, there's on one. And only most expensive light. The penthouse light. <laughs> that costs 17,800 US dollars, which what? is who shows up? one. That's crazy. Right. That takes, that takes, I know it's like more than a thousand. That's like a person's, more than a lot of people's salary here. Right. And actually, the same Mr. Gao, he has been getting this light, or reserving this light for five years in a row. What is this light for? Does it do okay. anything special? Well, it actually, it is for um, for prosperity, but it's just one only very expensive wealth light for wealth. I feel for, like it's, you got this backwards. You know, if, you like can afford, success. if you can afford this light, you're already pretty successful and therefore you don't need it. There's the thing. That's the thing. Do you know why he comes keeps coming back? Because his business has been really prospering, been what, flourishing. Is he a mushroom farmer? No, <laughs> it doesn't look like doesn't look like he is. But um, anyway, and but the thing is that there are uh, conditions for being eligible to reserve this oh. most expensive light. You have to be one of the elite. No, you just have to make sure that you you know you throw divinity blocks. Okay, at temples. We're gonna explain that. These John's are better this. Um, they're shaped sort of like imagine two crescent moons yes. made of wood. Right. One side is flat. Right. The other side is rounded. Yeah. So when you put them together, you've got kind of a half moon shape. Right. And they're painted red usually right and you ask a question of some deity and then you throw, throw the blocks on the ground and depending on how they land yes. which side whether flat side down or round side up it kind of rocks a little bit because it's rounded yeah anyway the, the way that they land is supposed to tell you what the god has answered to your question right or whether it even in, i think one combination means that they're they refuse to answer <laughs> yeah o okay so Three times he got, he threw the divinity blocks, and when it's a yes from the gods, it's one up and one down. That's, right, right, that's right. a sacred, like, good. That means, okay, yes. That, yeah, that means good. He did, he got that three times. In a row? Well, it didn't say if it was in a row, but, um, but then there's also something else to go with it. Bazi. You know oh, how that's it complicated. is. Yeah, it's complicated. It's like you know it's how like when you have telling. a newborn, you 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 go to the gods and you you want to get a name for the baby. It has to fit in with the bazi, the eight character thing. So, but anyway, that so I can't it explain. Had to, I don't understand it myself. I don't know. We're getting so, very esoteric here. We are. 
Anyway, so that meant that, you know, for many years in a row, he's been blessed by the gods, this Mr. Gao. So this year, he did not have to throw the divinity blocks. They just let him have it. Yeah, let him have it. <laughs> have this, what is it, 17,800 US dollar light. So there you go. Now, the thing was that... 17,000 um, or 1,700? It sounds like 1,700. Wait a minute. Um, 50万. 50万. No, that's not 17,000. Really? Am I so. getting it wrong? Okay, but anyway, my math is poor, but that sounds like that sounds crazy. Even, yeah, even for a very prosperous person to spend that kind of money. Well, well I well, guess anyway. if you're the sort of person who has everything already. Okay, uh, so anyway, well, um, the thing is that he continues to have this light now. Though you know, it's not like you, he buys a light and then he says, "Well, that's it. I'm promised a, a prosperous one year." No, he actually goes to a temple and you know, and pays his respects frequently. Frequently, okay. The temple management saw him do that. So, right. yeah, so he's a pretty devout um, believer. Well, himself, that's usually then. the case. I think uh, usually you pick a temple that you actually go to yourself, not right. just some random temple. Yeah. And, uh, and he's definitely being blessed a lot, so yeah. he definitely comes back again and again. I think it's possible to buy, I've heard of parents buying it in their children's name, too. So it's not necessarily, I don't think, oh, for yeah. yourself, but I'm not sure. Right. I've never tried to purchase one. But, of uh, course. Um, yeah, temples actually sell a lot of merch. <laughs> <laughs> They're good business people, the people who run these temples. I have to say that, if nothing else. Back in around August, I think we told you about an initiative to establish a dark sky like location certified by a group called International Dark Sky Association. And basically that means that there's a lot of rules about uh, outdoor lighting and the idea is to keep light pollution down and make this night sky clear for everyone to enjoy. Because oh, how okay. often, like in a city like Taipei, we don't get to see too we don't much see very often. stars. <laughs> Planets you can see. Where? planets you can see oh okay yeah, you know that whole right. thing lately where like jupiter and saturn are supposed to be almost overlapping in the sky you, uh -huh. you can well before it started raining all the time um <laughs> yeah like it's like it's been for a couple of weeks you could see that move them right every night moving a bit closer mars also I, very clear oh okay well i almost feel well that's through an uh, no, no, a telescope. No, no, no really? Their eyes? Outside of the station, you can oh, see it. Oh, I didn't it. know that. But look. anyway, I always see a really bright light up there, but I was told that it could be a satellite. It has to be moving very fast. To be a no, satellite. it's not moving. It's stationary. Then it's probably a star or a planet. <laughs> okay. um, anyway, I don't think we have any chance of est establishing one of these dark sky zones here, but uh, in uh, they're, they're moving forward with this in a different part of the local area. Uh, the place declared in August, the zone declared in August, was around Hehuanshan, which is a very popular tourist mm -hmm. attraction. Um, even before it was declared a stargazing zone, um, I went there once, and it, the stars are probably the clearest uh, night view I've ever seen anywhere. Oh, wow. Because it's very high up, and oh, okay. there's nothing around, really. But it is popular with tourists. There are guest houses and things, and they may tend to leave their lights on or use very bright lights in mm. the evening. Uh, and that makes sense. I mean, some of the roads are kind of treacherous without streetlights. Um, they now have a new dark sky initiative in the same neighborhood in Nanto County's Renai Township around Qingjing Farm, which is a I think a popular package thing. You go to Qingjing Farm and then you go to the Hehuan Mountain. So mm -hmm. I went to I went to both on the same trip anyway. Oh, good. So um, what they're doing, they've got 52 local businesses backing them. And Friday marked of last week marked the first time that the businesses all shut off their outdoor lights on the same night. And apparently, I guess it was very clear. Right. Um, 
Uh, that does it. The two places, Hehuanshan, the place that was declared in August, and Qingjing Farm, the place where they've just started doing this, are like 20 kilometers apart. They're very close. So having it makes sense to... So they sort of expanded the area, I guess. Uh, and it saves electricity. They imagine it'll save uh, 300,000 kilowatt hours per year. Um, and yeah, the idea is they switch off outdoor lights after 9 p.m. And All they're encouraging right. local residents and businesses, other businesses, to, uh, you know, take okay. part as well. Also, um, when they do have lights, they're being encouraged to, um, you know, use what they, they say more ambient lights. I'm not sure, like, I guess... LED lights? No. Ambient maybe less lights. less bright. Less bright, yeah, yeah. I don't know what they mean by ambient, because if it's artificial light, then it's not They call ambient. it yellow light. Huang Den. Okay, that's that may be it. Bai, bai the idea, like what we have in the studio here. Right. Um, the idea is, uh, it also, in addition to making the sky more clear, well, it won't disturb nocturnal animals. You don't oh, want to disturb right. the wildlife. Uh, yeah. The township, I think they're going to have like a certification thing calling businesses dark sky friendly. Okay. Uh, based on standards laid out by the International Dark Sky Association. Um, and yeah, I think it's, that's pretty cool. I mean, already, like I said, brilliant star. star there's a couple places like this in, in Taiwan, but this is probably uh, the clearest night sky views I've ever seen. Uh, right. To the point where when you look up, it's dizzying. The Milky Way is really? dizzying. Wow. You kind of I lose your go. balance. Um, Were you lying, lying on the grass or something? On a- no, no, no. Well, it was a parking lot. Um, <laughs> oh. It was a tour bus. It wasn't very <laughs> conducive to laying down. Um, uh. But just looking up, and the tour guide had a laser pointer and was pointing out what everything was. Oh, okay. And Oh, so actually was, a tour guide was like, you know, kind of explaining everything at the same time. Yeah, and okay. uh, this is good also for tourism in the local area, too, because there's already a lot of tourists coming in for other things like mountain sunrise views the mountain's mm-hmm. beautiful or the farm changing farm has lots of sheep and they have like a sheep show and like a cowboy <laughs> yeah it's kind of strange there's like roaming sheep everywhere uh, you gotta watch where you step <laughs> okay. um and a, like a cowboy type show it's fun okay. um so th- we already have a lot of attractions in the area now they're th- saying that they can attract stargazers too Okay. And they've already in this article got someone from the Taipei Amateur Astronomers Association. So it, I think the word is spreading. Yeah. You know, um, my daughter wants to go back to Qingjing um, Farm again um, because she wanted to go there before she started her work as a nurse. Because then, you know, how they just can't have any vacations when you right. start working as a nurse. But now she wants to go back again. And um, I can't wait. Has Maybe I can go as a stargazer. Yeah, we did. We went doing really like winter time oh, it was maybe don't really do that. cold <laughs> i did it during it summer it. i did it in like june or july and it yeah. was still cold oh i know it was like it's zero a, degrees celsius huge. there's so many things to do and see there and yeah it's yeah you have to go back and again again to, to see a lot of yeah. and explore uh, different things i've only been there once but, um, but um, yeah we went for the sunrise you know we exactly dark you know and there were monkeys around you know those macaque there were <sighs> Yeah, they were. That was the one where I told you for how I heard someone scratching. Like, uh, I bet it was the monkeys. At they were scratching at our door. Hotel cabin. door? No, cabin. Cabin door. Cabin that's that's door. scary. Scary. Totally. Um, but anyway, it was very nice. Very nice place, despite the monkeys. Well, I guess <laughs> if they turn off the lights, the monkeys will have be free yeah. roaming during the night. Yeah, we were like, you know, driving in the middle of the night because we, I mean, we were, we were, we got up really early. 
while it's still dark to see sunrise, and the monkeys, you know, we our headlights, the car headlights, <laughs> were right on them, <laughs> and um, it was like Ugh. they're not afraid of people either. So they're not. And they're vicious. Steal your stuff. So I maybe know. don't go when where there's monkeys. There weren't any when I was there. But, oh, okay. Uh, maybe that's a that's a hint you can take next time. Go <laughs> during the summertime. I think they're not around. Mm, so okay. Um, yeah, it's still Good. very cold though. Zero degrees Celsius in like the middle of summer. Whoa. On the top of the mountain yeah, there. Yeah, it really does get cold. It was pretty freezing. Uh, thankfully, the people, the tour organizers had coats for us. Yeah, that time we went, I didn't, we, I, we didn't bring enough clothes. I was putting on everything I had. Yeah, I was putting on everything I had. I was still freezing cold. But anyway, very Worth nice. it for the night sky views. Yeah. All right, well, that does it for today's either. edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lin. And if you're joining us on our shortwave broadcast, uh, stay tuned next because there's more of Shirley on Jukebox Republic. Boss Republic, I'm Shirley Lin. It's just been raining for weeks, almost a month, and nonstop. And then we finally had a fine weather on Friday last week. No rain on that day. You know, you notice it right away and your mood totally changes. That's how I felt. And then on Saturday, it started fine, okay, like, i.e. there was no rain. But then by about 11 a.m., it started drizzling, light rain again. Just not pouring like the other days, but still better than wet. Now, I might be exaggerating about the weather here, because I'm sure some of the countries around the world suffer rain and humidity a lot too. But for my sake, I just want to talk about how we fared during these weeks of endless rain in Taiwan. And the shocking thing is that it has been, it just turned cold because it started raining. And I'm not kidding about the temperature, how it dropped from the low 20s to 15 degrees overnight, literally, and it becomes humid. Well, actually, it's humid all year round in Taiwan. So it just went from autumn to winter overnight. And here's a song, It means humid Monday afternoon by Wu Qianlian.
却看不清和你之间的距离。Actually, it's been like this for several years now. I've discovered where it just, you know, rain, and then the next day the temperature drops like by several degrees. And we're not talking about just one or two degrees, like many degrees. So a lot of times it was all because it started raining. If the weather forecast a drop in temperature the next day, I should be able to guess that there will be rain during the night that causes that. Just check the forecast just now, and it's、uh, and it said it's going to rain every day for the next whole week. You know, it's never been like this before since coming back to Taiwan 30 years ago, where you know、um, it rained for a whole month during the winter. That is, it might have rained for like weeks on end and in you know every day nonstop, like during the summer or something like that. But winter, I felt like this was the first time. But you know what? There are three counties down south that haven't gotten a drop of rain this winter so far. In fact, they've been having fine weather, and I'm so envious. Raining like this every day for a whole month and right during winter. If it were just rain, that's fine. Though I don't really like rain. That's my problem. In Taiwan, it comes with humidity, dampness, and that means mold. Mold on the walls. Clothes get moldy, like leather jackets and leather belts. The other day, I threw away one of my husband's belts because he has too many. Belts and one real leather belt that he hardly uses got all moldy. I know it was a genuine leather, and I shouldn't have thrown it away. But I've actually cleaned it many times. This time, I decided to throw it because it got really gross from the mold, and he really wasn't wearing it at all. And if you've heard me on here in Taiwan, I don't have a dryer in my house, so I hang laundry out on the、uh, the the balcony, the veranda outside the kitchen. But laundry gets very hard to dry, especially in the winter. If you hang them out, you know, I swear I can hang them out for two or three days in a row, and it still won't be dry. So what do I do? I take them indoors and hang them in the house, and turn on the dehumidifier. That's how I dry my laundry. That's how humid it gets in Taipei. This next song is actually called "Chaosi Humid."
by Mo Wenwei, Karen Mock of Hong Kong. But then I have a way with keeping my house dry and cozy. Now, Taiwanese people have a tendency to leave the windows open all the time. They don't like closed space, especially elderly like my in-laws. I don't open my windows except for a crack, even in the summer, because we have air conditioner on most of the time. Well, you know, with my husband, who's, who's, uh, you know, who, who always feels hot because he's more on the heavy side, um, he has to have the AC on all day long. But then I open the windows a little if we're going out, you know, to air it out. In the winter, I also have the windows shut, except for a teeny weeny crack. Why? Because I don't want the dampness outside get into the house. And I keep a crack open because that's what I read somewhere about keeping windows a crack open even in the winter, in the cold winter, for better ventilation, I guess. And because it's usually humid, I try to use a dehumidifier. 
In fact, it's commonplace to use dehumidifier 24/7 in Taipei. It's recommended. Funny though, we have a dehumidifier function on our air conditioner, but it gives out cold air, so I turn that on in the summer. But for winter, I turn on a different dehumidifier, which we bought separately because it gives out warm air, and that's the one I turn on to dry my laundry indoors. Yeah, living in humid places gives us headaches like this, but I'm okay. Having moved back for thirty years now. I can see how foreigners moving to Taiwan for the first time going nuts over the humidity. I have people whom I've interviewed for my other show how they love literally everything about Taiwan except for the heat and the mugginess. Here's a song that I found called "I Taiwan Love Taiwan," and it's by a group called Hei Ming Dan Gong Zuo Shi, means blacklisted workshop.
So then after weeks of rain every day, nonstop, the sun came out Friday and it was dry all day. You have no idea, but I was like smiling all day. Yeah, I really don't like rain. In Taiwan, people like to wear their flip-flops on rainy days. They think it's better than getting their shoes wet and their feet inside wet. But I don't. I like to wear shoes that really cover my feet on rainy days. Not rain boots, though. I do have a pair, but I hardly wear them after realizing they're so hard to walk in. I make sure that I wear waterproof shoes on rainy days to keep my feet dry and warm. I can't imagine my feet stepping in dirty rainwater, you know? Oh, and talking about shoes, in Taiwan, even if there are any shoes that you hardly wear, the soles or the bottom of the heels can crumble and just fall apart because they wear off by themselves from the humidity. Can you believe it? I've had that happen to several pairs of my shoes. So it's like after a time, your shoes are bound to fall apart because of the humidity. Cheap ones fall apart. Expensive ones, like real leather ones, become covered in mold if you don't wear them for a while. It gets that bad. So anyway, winter is really here, thanks to the rain, and it gets icy cold because of the humidity, and because there is no central heating in public places. Well, now we can get heaters, like those portable ones, you know, for the house. But uh, other than that, um, yeah, you just kind of have to try your best to, you know, keep yourself warm because of the humidity. And, um, well, hey, don't get me wrong. I still love Taiwan. Um, I do. And I'm proud of Taiwan. So let me play another song called Ai Taiwan, Love Taiwan. It's by the group Hua Xue Hozi.
铁蛋，高原大溪，狗啃石子，公碗米粉花生酱，苗栗三叶木雕，菊花大胡烧，美红巴辣，台中菜肴冰峰，鱼翅面煎沙鱼石头肉，彰化北斗肉丸，鹿港牛舌饼，土里甘蔗，台中小米粥，花莲大番薯，云林文旦肉，台南凤梨，高雄美浓西山林东大莲雾，一二三到台湾，台湾不吃阿里山，北到南玩不完。I thought those two songs, "I Love Taiwan," are very interesting. They're very different from each other, but they're really nice to listen to. So fun. Anyway.、Um, Enough said about how Taiwan is in the winter. Thanks so much for tuning in to Jukebox Republic, and I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm going to leave with a song about Taipei's winter. Taipei 今夜冷清清 It means tonight in Taipei is just cold. By Wu Shuming.
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kHz. In South Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw.